Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix Podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And as always, I have another exciting guest to bring you, somebody who really showcases how they live and step into their inner dominatrix and bring that forward into the world. And just before I introduce him, I want to just let you guys know that if you have a topic that you want me to handle on the solo episodes, make sure that you send me an email. So innerdominatrix at gmail.com is the email just for your podcast. Let me know what you want to know about. So back into the show. Today I have Robert Candle with me. And Robert is a fascinating man. He describes himself as being part football coach, part loving dad, and part slightly crazed drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. So I love that description. That's really awesome. So Robert also has a has a podcast, so we're going to have great audio from you. Mm-hmm. You have a, a fabulous podcast called Tough Love, and you have an interesting story. And I love your take on the whole, you know, authenticity, but being really open and honest in relationships. So mm. tell my listeners a little bit about you and your story, how you got to where you are. Well, it's it's been a very interesting journey. I feel quite blessed to live the life that I have. It's been pretty extraordinary along the way. Um, my story basically is I consider myself quite normal until I was 28, a normal person. I was living the American dream uh, passed on to me by my parents in the media, corporate job, five-bedroom house in San Francisco, wife, uh, enough space for grandchildren, not quite children, but grandchildren, and uh just living it. And the main issue at 28 was I was really not living how I wanted to live. Even though things looked beautiful and wonderful, I was overweight. I was disconnected from my wife. We were kind of passing each other in life. And I was living someone else's dream, not really my own. And then I went to Burning Man uh, in 1998 when I was 28. And everything really got etch-a-sketched after that. I kind of went because my wife asked me to go, my ex-wife at the time, now. But my wife at the time asked me, She said, and I was just like, no, 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 Burning Man's for those <laughs> other people. They're for those massage therapists, those doulas, those, <laughs> those other, you know, hippies. I, you know, I was just really, you know, pride and full force yuppie at that time. And I went, and the thing that happened was I felt comfortable and I felt at home, and I realized that there was a whole other side of me that wanted to be born. And so everything just kind of got whacked from that moment on. I love it. I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because Burning Man is something that I've thought about doing. It intrigues me, but at the same time, I'm not a big one for big crowds. Mm -hmm. Um, But I love the concept. And, you know, and I'm also used to be a massage therapist, so I'm kind of offended by the comment. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Sorry, sorry. sorry. (laughs) I mean, I was an arrogant yuppie. There's no other way to say it. You know, I was arrogant to the T and... I got there and there was this words that popped in my head, like you're home. And I was like, what? No, I'm here for Carol, my ex-wife. I'm not here for me. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, there's actually something here for me. So uh, a really incredible experience. That's fantastic. Now you have spent, or you have a lot of focus on, you know, helping people to really get honest in mm-hmm. their relationships and that, that honest communication. Why do you feel that that's so important for people to to dig into? I think it's the most important thing in terms of having a healthy, real relationship. 
In my opinion, we're actually trained to be poor communicators. We're trained to be mediocre communicators. We're taught to withhold the truth, worry about their ego, the white Mm -hmm. lie. We're just taught that the other person can't handle all of us. And what happens when we don't communicate who we are, we we communicate a partial uh, facade of who we are, a small portion. And usually some of the most interesting parts of us are actually hidden away. And so I teach and coach people to be authentic and honest. Withholding is lying. And if you're willing to actually speak the truth and come out and show those parts of yourself, then your partner can actually really get to know you and then make a decision rather than the facades that we build and wear. Yeah. And it's interesting. You know, it's like I've I've often said to people, it's like, how can somebody love all of you? if you're not willing to show them mm-hmm. what all of you is. Right. Right. That, that can't same kind of idea. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's socially acceptable. And actually that's, it's better. It's like you're a better person if you learn to hide some parts of yourself and it's ridiculous. And all of a sudden you have facade, you know, interaction with facade and the truth comes out, you know, when you're drunk or when you're high <laughs> or when you're fighting yeah. Or when you're leaving. And it's, it's, it's just ridiculous to me that people withhold these really interesting parts of ourselves. And it's just out of fear. It's out of fear of being judged. It's out of fear of being abandoned. And it's just plainly ridiculous. Yeah. And then when you face those fears head on and you, you really start to challenge them and say, is that, is that even true? Mm-hmm. You start to realize that, no, that, that was actually limiting me. That was keeping me from being so deeply connected to my partner. You know, and it's, you do this injustice to yourself by not allowing yourself to risk and be fully open. Mm-hmm. Totally. I don't know about you, but I find that like the whole energy realm has really expanded now and people are much more open to this idea that, you know, that we are energetically connected. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, do you think that people can't lie as easily because other people can feel it? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bluntly, no. Um, maybe it's just my world. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, that's, that's totally true. If, if a person is willing to get out of their own head and out of their own ego, and most people live with their attention on themselves, They live thinking, you know, does this person like me? Am I doing this right? And so when you have your attention on yourself, then you can't notice that energy when someone's lying. But if you're actually willing to take your attention off yourself, put your attention on your partner and listen, and not just listen to the words, but listen to all the subtle non-communication, the intention behind the words, and actually feel your body, then I think it's true. But I think most people are not willing to do that because sometimes they don't want to see it or two, they don't have the training to really notice it. And to be blunt, you know, women are much better at this than men. Men are not trained to notice the subtle cues that women put on. And so women are think they're communicating, communicating, and men are just like uh, listening to the words. And then women get (laughs) mad for the men not noticing, but it's not the guy's fault. He's never been trained to notice those really subtle, small, tender things. Mm. So what kind of things do you suggest to, you know, just, you know, you don't have to share all your secrets, obviously, but, mm. you know, I'll what are one. a couple things that people can notice when they're listening? The, the main thing is 
well, there's there's different aspects of it. So there's some people who are not head-based, not cortex-based, not logic-based. They're actually feeling-based. They're emotionally based. And for those people, they have an advantage because they actually trust their intuition. They trust their body sense when something happens. But for most majority of the world, men and women, uh, more men than women, but more women are living in their masculine than ever, they're living in the logic-based and they're missing all the subtle cues that our bodies are communicating. So the first thing I would, I would recommend that may sound really challenging, but it isn't, is when you're in conversation with someone, sit and feel and notice how your body feels. Listen to those little subtle cues. Does your breath then shorten? You know, do you speed up? Do you start to sweat? Do you start to get hot? Listen to those subtle body cues because they're trying to communicate something. And if the reaction you feel in your body doesn't match what the person's saying, ask a clarifying question. Say, you know, those words sound right, but I'm sensing there's something underneath it. Can we investigate that? I'm really curious about what's happening, which will shock your partner because probably no one's ever done that before. And they'd be like, well, yeah, there is a little something more and then make it safe for them to communicate. And all of a sudden the truth starts to flow and you'd be amazed how much more there is than the surface. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, that is such a great way to just kind of so gently hold the space for the other person to reveal that deeper layer. Mm-hmm. And and it's a nice, you know, a nice introduction to opening that up. I love that. Mm, thank you. That's great. You know, I know for me, like my husband and I, we really practice what I would call brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. And um, we've been through extreme amounts of, you know, having to just bear our souls and, and really get really, really clear and honest about who we are in relationship, who we are to each other, mm-hmm. you know, circumstances and things open that up. And now we're at this point where we can just hold that space and go, mm, I think you're lying. Mm. And, and it just, you know, it's that same, you know, very much how you describe the introductory piece, but I can do it now just with a simple, Mm, no. <laughs> and then he'll go deeper. So that practice, you know, how long does it take for most of your clients to get really comfortable with being honest? The the spectrum, the wide spectrum, mm-hmm. for some, they've just been dying for someone to give them permission to be honest. And the honesty really starts with oneself. That's that's the first thing. We are, we, as much as we withhold from our partners, magnify it exponentially for how much we withhold from ourselves. Oh, that's not really that important. Oh, oh it's okay. We, we minimize our own desires to, to be safe or to uh, avoid conflict. And so we lie to ourselves. So it makes sense we lie to our partners because we can't really know what we truly want. So the first thing I do in any relationship that wants to improve is people start telling themselves the truth first, then get right with it, accept it, and then start to communicate it slowly to their partner. The, the thing is, is that one of my other viewpoints is that we live in a society of disapproval. We live in a society where everything you do is basically wrong. You're not mm. smart enough. You're too mm-hmm. lazy. You work too much. You work too little. Your hair's too long. Your hair's too short. You don't smell good. I mean, pretty much everything is you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And that's what we bring to our communication with our partners. If one person or 
both people can start to approve of those little tender parts of ourselves, it's like water to a thirsty person. It's like, oh my God, you're actually uh, approving of this part of me. Then all of a sudden, truth will come out faster and faster. And again, it has to start with oneself. You know, I really am to that, into that thing, or I really do want that, or I don't want to do this job, or et cetera, et cetera. Just that self-admittance is so important. It really is. And, and it's such a good point that it does. The honesty starts at home, in mm-hmm. your own body. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't be honest with you, how can you possibly show up and be honest with your partner or, you know, at work or with your clients, right? That if you don't know who you are, mm-hmm. and, and that for me is that it's, it's very similar to, to where my philosophy is of owning that space of being comfortable with who you are and not making yourself wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Society is like so super judgy all mm-hmm. the time. So what other tools would you suggest for people getting started on this, um, this idea or, or deepening, you know, how do you deepen this honesty? The first is the inside game, which I mentioned mm-hmm. and that might include journaling. I think journaling is the most magical thing you can do. Um, I had an associate once said that if, you know, if you want to improve your life, go outside the door and go f- find a, a lamp, a, a, um, a tree, and go talk to that tree for 15 minutes. And your life would improve because you're actually what bringing what's inside out. Mm. Now, you know, it's always just the speaking around it. And, but what you can do if you don't want to walk to actually talk to a tree is you journal. You actually write and you know, whatever that is, you know, write handwritten or talk, you know, on a computer, whatever is bring that part out. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is to build your support crew before you talk to your partner. A lot of people are terrified to talk to their partner because one, they feel like they're going to sound bitchy or crazy or too much or too little. They're, they're afraid to actually bring that. And so they'll, they'll edit themselves. So after you do your own self-work, you know, build yourself a crew build yourself, you know, join a men's group or find a really close friend. If you have the means, I recommend therapy. I have a somatic therapist that's changed my life in the two years I've been working with him. Um, 12-step programs, if that's your demographic, like whatever it is, like find some way where you can feel supported and approved of with your thoughts. And then when you go to your partner, they'll tend to be more concise and more uh, authentic than if you just bring it and vomit it on your partner. A lot of people feel permission to tell the truth and they vomit and they, they're not concise or they're not connected. They're expecting their partner to help them figure things out when they're talking about their partner and their partner's like, you just shot me with seven I'm bleeding and you want me to help figure this out? So, you know, journal, find a support team, get clear. And then reveal to your partner just a little bit out of a time. Just you know, offer a little bit. You don't have to say everything in the first sentence. Bring it out and let him or her respond. And then you have a dialogue. But you can do it slowly and deliberately. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I know from my experience, when I'm okay with something, like as soon as I relax into, okay, this is who I am, like, for me, claiming this inner dominatrix theme, you know, the, to be proclaiming to the world, I was like, I don't know how my husband's going to react because poor guy, he's going to have to go through all this stuff, right? Yeah. And so I was wrestling with it and all this internal stuff. And, and I didn't take it to him until I really worked through it. And I mm. was like, okay, 
this is such a passion. I can't deny it anymore. Mm -hmm. And once I was like, I dropped into that space where I was okay with it. I took it to him and then he's like, yeah, of course you need to do that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so there's something about when we acknowledge it in ourselves, it's, it almost becomes a non-issue for our partners. Mm -hmm. Well, what happens there is, we walk up to our partner with all our own self-doubt, all our own bile, all our own fear. Then we communicate the words, but we also communicate the fear. Mm. And then the partner will respond more to the fear than the words. And all of a sudden we're fighting about something and we don't even know what it is, but they're just responding. You know, whether they acknowledge it or see it, they can still feel your fear. And so if you can walk up, you know, not arrogant or super confident, but just real and authentic and grounded in yourself, that's what your partner's going to respond to. They're going to feel the core of you, your total belief in that, your love of it, your turn on around it. They're going to respond. You know, they're going to respond to your excitement rather than your fear. And then odds are the chances of you progressing to the next step from fear, from desire and excitement and turn on is much higher than from fear. So true. And, and such an important piece for people to remember, you know, when you've done your internal work and you're not coming from, you know, bringing all your baggage, mm-hmm. then the way people respond to you is completely different, right? That totally. it's, you're going to invite them to come along on this magical journey with you. Communication is built up of three components and most people don't know this. So this is a, one of my main things I teach people. The first is the made of three components. The first is the words. And the words could be what you speak, it could be the text message, it could be the written word, it could be the art, you know, whatever the context of it is. The second is the um, intonation of how you speak it. Intonation is the modulation of your voice, how fast you're speaking, the picture, you know, like whatever it is, it's, it's, the, it's how it's delivered. But the third is the intention behind it, the desire behind the communication. And if you want a communication to land, you need to have all three matching up. But often we'll say the words, you look great today with the intention, I hate you. <laughs> and so people can feel that difference. It's called cognitive dissonance. And, you know, you can feel that. So have your, the words, the intonation, and the intention match up to make sure that your communication lands. Uh, well said. Well said, because it really is those three components together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for me, intention, I call that energy. Mm. But it's, it, it has such an impact, a bigger impact than most people ever want to give credit to. Mm-hmm. Totally. For sure. Yeah. So let's give a little um, highlight onto your podcast. You've got a podcast called Tough Love. I do. So what do you, you know, what do you highlight? And tell me, tell us about that. I've been an educator for 15 years now. For 10 years, I worked, uh, co-founded and worked with an organization called One Taste. I've done over 400 workshops. I've led over 1,000 groups. And then I left One Taste in the summer of 2014 and then started teaching workshops again and basically hated them. I, you know, the teaching was fun. The students were amazing. I don't want to denigrate the work, but the whole process of the workshop just, you know, yeah, it just made me want to puke, basically. And I was working with amazing people. So it wasn't them, it was me. And so then I just decided not to put on workshops anymore. And I, But I still wanted a stage. I still wanted a place to kind of talk and have my viewpoints. 
So for my little house in Venice Beach, California, I got, uh, I had like microphones and a really bad sound and I started doing Tough Love and the Tough Love was a 20 minute rant on a topic and then a 20 minute live coaching call. This is all live. So unlike most podcasts, which are recorded and edited, I want to do a live show because that really got me jazzed up. So a 20 minute rant on topics such as uh, jealousy, um, finding and setting goals, money. I just did one called dealing with debt. I call you know, whatever is up for me, basically. I did one on betrayal. So I do a rant, which is basically me 20 minutes just going off on the mic and speaking what <laughs> I see with really practical aspects to it. Also, I do interviews where I have experts come on and we, you know, we have an interview for the first 20 minutes. And then the second 20 minutes is a live coaching call. I have someone come on Zoom, come live, and they speak a problem. And then I coach them. Or if I have a guest star, we coach them together. And it's so much fun. It's the fastest 40 minutes of my week. And uh, the shows have been great. So I've been doing that for about a year and a half. I think I have 74, 75 done. And that's really uh, become my platform for speaking. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I've been amazed at how much fun I've been having with the mm -hmm. podcast. It, it really is a delight. So if people want to reach out to you and, and find out more about you, get on your list, what's your website? My website is called toughlove.live. That's T-U-F-F love.live. There's a mailing list. You can go on the front page. The, my podcasts are all up there. There's a bunch of my other media, including videos, guest interviews, and other podcasts. This won't be up there whenever you publish it. And um, some writing samples. So really, um, my whole resume and my whole, um, everything's up there at toughlove.live. That's fantastic. Well, I am so delighted to have had you on the show, Robert. This has been exciting and really intriguing. And I think you've given people some things to think about as far as, you know, why you would want to be honest with your partner, why you'd want to be honest with yourself mm -hmm. and digging in and doing that personal work. So just before we wrap up, is there any last pieces that you want to make sure that you get across to the audience? I think the, the main thing is, if you're going to start speaking the truth and being honest, I just want to acknowledge that it's going to be a hard road at first. And you might feel really challenged. You might feel really scared. You might hit some roadblocks with your partner. You might hit some roadblocks with yourself. And it's, it's a hero's journey for me. It's, it's like the trials and tribulations of dealing and being who you are truly in the world. That's where your mastery comes from. And so I just want to like tip my hat or bow in respect for someone who's willing to go on that journey and just know that if you hit some rough spots, keep going, it's worth it. And you can have the exact relationship you want with your friends and your bosses and your parents and your partner, but you do have to be willing to speak the truth. It won't happen without it. Well said. Thank you so much again, Robert. My pleasure. Thank you. Just before we sign off of the show, I want to point out and send you your invitation to join one of the Bulletproof Confidence Workshops coming up in September and October. Me and Christy Hart, who's been a guest on this show a few times, two dominatrix coming to you, bringing you a kick-ass training on how to get you into your confidence. So sign up for the newsletter so that you're on the list and know exactly when that comes in, you can get a seat in the spot. Have yourself an awesome day. 
Thanks for tuning in to The Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.